0: In a previous episode, I mentioned how I'm all for secession. I don't think this country can stay unified when its two parts live in two different worlds. In this episode, I'm heading in another direction on a personal, individual level. How do you make friends in a world that lives in extremes and absolutes? Well, let's go to an old school buddy named Maslow. You might remember him. This is the Dangerous Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Williams. <music> Naslow's hierarchy of needs is something many of us learned in school. It's all about the individual and what it looks, to, looks like to live a good life. What do we need? What motivates us? And it looks like a pyramid with five layers. So let's let's dive in a little bit, and then I'll show you how I kind of retooled it or repurposed it uh, for my own. Uh, what I'm going to be talking about today. At the bottom, you have your physical needs, your physiological needs. You need food, water breathing and kind of like homeostasis you need something you know just consistency right you need those things on the very bottom level just to survive you need oxygen you need all that stuff and so uh you know you might want to include a sexual reproduction on this level for the uh, continuation of the human species right that's the bottom of the the triangle next up on the pyramid of needs you have security and safety you want financial security uh, health and wellness you want safety all that stuff and uh, if you want to know where i'm getting all this it's uh, from an article on uh, the very well mind and so it's under one of their psychology sections but anyways that's that's the source for what i'm reading so uh, on the second level You have security and you have safety. And you want to make sure it's not quite as important as food and water, but it's definitely up there. Like we all need those things to live a good, healthy life. So uh, that's number two. The number three, you kind of get into higher order needs. Uh, you have social needs. You need friendships and romance and family and social groups. You have churches and religious organizations. And so you want to avoid loneliness, depression, anxiety, all that stuff. That's the third on the level of the pyramid of, of, of needs. And then on the fourth level, you have esteem needs. And so you want respect and you want to be appreciated. You want to feel like you belong. And so those are definitely needs, but they're higher order. They're definitely not as important and foundational as oxygen. But in order for us to live a fulfilled life, we need high self-esteem, right? And then finally, at the top, you need self-actualization, at the top of this pyramid, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. At the top of the pyramid, it's self-actualization. You want to achieve your full potential. You want to be all that you can be. It's a bit mushy. It's a bit vague. But uh, you know, because it's gonna differ from person to person. It's different than food. Like everyone needs food, and we know what food looks like, but self-actualization is very personal. And so uh, in terms of our needs, we need to be self-actualized. We want to be all that we can be. And so that is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And odds are you learned about it in school or maybe psychology 101. It's relatively simple and easy to understand. But what does that have to do with my intro where I talked about making friends with people who are very different than you? Like, what is the connection so I'm not going to lie, like I'm ripping the whole pyramid and, uh, from Maslow. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it for my own purposes, but, but stay with me. I have a couple stories to tell. Uh, first off, as some of you may know, at the moment I work at a distribution center. It's a warehouse in Coleman, Alabama. And so I work with a lot of different people. I work with some people who never got out of middle school. I worked with a middle school dropout. Uh, I've worked with, you know, someone from Yale who worked this as his summer job. And then he went back to studying at an Ivy League school. Everyone in between. I've worked with a lot of great people, a lot of crazy people, hard workers, lazy people, Christians, atheists, everything in between. And so what often happens is you're talking with someone and you're looking for stuff to talk about. You have these people that are very different than you. And so how do you connect with them? What do you do? And so I was wondering, huh, well, one way we connected is through our shared work. So we could talk about our jobs. And oftentimes, you know, we would complain because we're whiny babies. And we can go on and have a conversation about that because we shared something. And I was like, okay, okay. Sharing something, sharing common experiences is, is important. All right, so that's, that's one story. Another story I have, or really, it's not really a story, but kind of a collection of stories, has to do with people that I disagree with. People who are not like me. I can't rely on working at the same place or having the same political party, the same religion, whatever it might be. They might disagree with me. They might not like those things or be able to share that with me. And so uh, how do you connect with those people? And so I was thinking about you know how polarized our country is. And I don't know if there's a way of coming back politically However, as individuals, I think we can be friends with just about everyone if they're open to it. But how do we do that? And this is where the pyramid comes in. Remember those five layers? You had everything from the physical, water and food, all the way up to self-actualization. Well, what if we took that pyramid and instead of it being needs for ourselves, we established it using friendships? What if we use that as the basis for friendships? And so whatever you could connect with someone over, no matter how small, you would take the opportunity to do so. So off of this pyramid, let's let's go to the bottom. It's food. Okay, everyone has to eat. So tell me about what you like. Tell me about the food that you eat. You know, the water that you drink. You would be amazed at those conversations when it comes to water. People like bottled water, people like uh, tap water, whatever it might be, and sleep. And so if that's the very least, if that's the lowest thing, the most common denominator, I didn't phrase that correctly, if that's the common denominator, you have to connect with someone, then take it. Then go for it. Try to talk to someone, try to establish the fact that you're human, They're human. y'all both have emotions and needs. And even if you don't vote the same way, you can still connect in some small way. Uh, what about safety? That's that's the next rung in the ladder. Uh, what about safety? You know, we all want to live healthy, to live well. We all want to be safe. We want financial security. Well, let's talk about it. Let's bond over it. And so you might talk about, you know, how you're, I don't know, saving up for retirement or, you know, your gym habits, whatever it might be. If it's something small, connect with someone over it because odds are they care about safety as well. Then after that, It does get tricky, I'm not going to lie. So number three is social needs, you know, your friendships and romantic attachments. Number four is esteem, you know, you want to have high self-esteem, you want respect. And then number five is self-actualization. And so from there, your friend groups probably are going to get smaller. I get it. They're going to get smaller. You're not going to meet with everyone and you're not going to connect with everyone over something that fulfills your potential or something that gives you a high self-esteem. Okay, so maybe at that pyramid, that's why it's towards the tip of the pyramid, because not everyone's going to meet there with you and be able to connect with you over those things. But I think this pyramid, if you're wondering about ways of establishing friendships, what to do, how to meet people where you both are at, use this pyramid. Look for anything, because when you form relationships with people, they become human to you. You care about them. You care about their causes. You care about their culture and their people groups, their history, their traditions. And if it's as small as bonding over your favorite restaurant, then jump on it. You know, I'm all for also, so this is outside of the pyramid, get interested in things that, you know, they're interested in. You know, if they're into video games and you're not, ask them about it. If they're into hunting and you're not, ask them about it. Sports, politics, you have to be, tra- uh, have to be careful with politics because that can quickly go sideways. But what I'm saying is use the pyramid in terms of stuff you connect with and then go outside the pyramid and learn a little bit about their life. And I bet you can have a halfway decent relationship even if you're not close. As Christians, we have to love people who are not like us. That's one of the commandments, right? To love others. Love God and love others. We can't spend all our days in our holy huddles with people who don't rock our boats. We have to get out into the world to share the gospel and stand for Christian convictions. We want to be winsome and persuasive too. So we want to be uh, graceful as we do so it helps our cause to make friends with as many people as we can, this could be a way of helping us do that. So I took Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I turned it into Maslow's hierarchy of friendships. And uh, just just an idea. Just go with it. You know, see what happens. But anyways, that was my thought for today. We're going to move on to our devotional. Uh, Last time we finished up Ephesians, Uh, we went through the last little section of Ephesians. And so I was like, you know, I think this time we're going to go into Ruth. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the first chapter and then we'll talk about it. Again, nothing fancy, nothing wild, but let's see what happens. This is Ruth chapter one. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites. I may have butchered that. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, "'Go back, each of you to your mother's home.' May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband." Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait till they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth said, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely." Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Amen. All right, so what's going on here? Just a few observations. So in the days when the judges ruled, so this would be between Moses and Joshua, and King David and King Saul. So between you, the patriarchs and then leading to Moses and Joshua, they, they, they had the Israelites enter Canaan. And then, you know, Israel was established. And then you had the kings, Saul, David, Solomon, etc., cetera, et cetera. Between them, you had these people called the Judges. The judges ruled, and they weren't kings, but they were more like enforcers. So uh, Israel would sin. God would allow these uh, other foreign people to come in and rule them. They would cry out to God and be like, oh, this burden is too heavy. These chains are too heavy. And God would raise up a judge. The judge would come and liberate Israel. And then uh, when Israel got its freedom— uh, eventually, a generation or two would pass, and then a new generation would rise up, sin against God, rebel against God. God would allow more foreigners to come in and rule them, and then they would cry out to God. He would raise up a judge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The judge would free them, and a cycle would continue. So, when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And so, uh, what happened is, Elimelech and Naomi they moved out. They went to the country of Moab to try to, I guess, farm and uh, 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 create some food, grow some food for themselves. And so then, you know, uh, Elimelech's sons uh, went and they married Orpah and Ruth and they would, uh, you know, do their thing out there. Well, eventually everyone died, right? Elimelech Malon, Kilion, the sons—they died, and Naomi just had her daughters-in-law. This was in those days a great shame, so much shame there to lose the husband and the, the the father and the sons with no heirs, and so Naomi felt that bitterly, and so she wanted to change her name to Mara, which mean which is means bitterness so uh, she felt bitter um, and so she wanted to change her name and so the first thing you see there is shame with Naomi However, you also see love and loyalty. in In all, the old days, you didn't have a ton of stories that were, you know, female centered that were centered around uh, a lady. And so, this shows a beautiful relationship between Ruth and Naomi. So, we want to highlight that. We want to celebrate that. Taking care of family. Um, this also mirrors our relationship with God in, in Ruth's response. So when Naomi said, oh, hey, you know, I don't have anyone for you to marry here. Go back into your own land of Moab. Ruth said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go wherever you go. And that loyalty is, is a beautiful thing to, to meditate on, to think of. Are we loyal to our God when times get tough? Are we loyal to um, Jesus when, you know, he calls us out to do some different things. We want to uh, we want to grow that faithfulness and that obedience, and then also Ruth was a Gentile. So this is the final thing I'll know. Ruth was a Gentile, and so she uh, she came in, and eventually, this is a bit of a spoiler, but eventually she entered the lineage that led to Jesus. So and so begat so and so, who begat so and so. Ruth was a part of that. Her and, uh, well, I won't s- tell you more of the story, but Ruth was not an Israelite, but she is uh, going to become an integral character, an important protagonist in this story. And it goes to show you God's love for all people, not just current believers, not just the Jew- uh, Jews in this case, but also, uh, excuse me, the Israelites. They weren't Jews yet, but they were the Israelites. And then eventually for Christians, God loves all. All people, even those who are not currently His. But, anyways, I'm going to pray. Uh, that's all I had for today, and then we'll sign off. Father, um, we want to thank you for your loyalty towards us. You never left us, no matter where we ran, no matter where we tried to hide. You were there taking care of us, and we're so thankful. I want to uh, you to bless those who are listening to this episode. Lord, be with, uh, be with them, bless them, keep them, protect them, guide them. Lord, help us to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, that's all for today. I guess I'll sign off. All right. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.